Good evening, good evening. How are you all doing this Friday evening? I am Chris Gardner. Welcome to another Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. Joining me right now, James Mueller, sports editor of the Daily Cougar, one of the youngsters of the, the group who coins it FTS rather than Folks Talking Sports. James, how you doing, my man? Good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm doing well. All right, uh, we got stuff to talk about. I'm trying to retweet as I talk to you, but uh, I'm not going to say who this special guest is. We'll see if the person is able to join us. But the show, you can catch the show now on Twitter at our Folks Talking Sports Twitter account, as well as YouTube on Houston Round Bar Review and on Facebook at the Houston Round Bar Review Facebook page. And this is the live stream of it. I'm happy to also add that the, what's I say, James, the recorded version is now available on iHeartRadio and for their podcast. So I'm in the process of adding the earlier ones, the very beginning of those shows, but the most recent ones are now on iHeartRadio. You can go to uh, just search for it. I submitted it to uh, Spotify, waiting for Spotify to approve it as well. And hopefully iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. So all of those will be the recorded version. But right now, if you're watching me and James, you got the live version. You got the live stream of us on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. So let's get into it. Cade, how are you doing? And uh, this is going to be a lot of Cougs, college, not much pro sports. The Rockets theme will be tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock during the Let's Talk Houston Rockets. And I got a new intro to display for that show. So tune in for Rockets fans for that. And obviously, if you're a Rockets fan, the Rockets and the Mavs are about to play inside Toyota Center at about 7.10 uh, p.m. tip-off. And I think it's going to be a tribute to a Cougar alum, Mr. Bill Worrell. James, did you ever get a chance to meet Bill Worrell? I never did um, in person, but I've grown up seeing I'm all we, his I think stuff. We all, we all have, yeah. Uh, let's see. My goodness, Bill's got to be... He's in his seventies. I want to. I want to date him to eighty, but he's up there. He doesn't look it, but he's up there. And a third member of the group is joining us. I'll see if he's ready for me to come to him. Got him in the back room, Mr. Willie Gibson. Bring him on, and Mr. Gibson. How are you, sir? Good, sir. How are you, James? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. All right. Let's see here. I'm going to tweet and talk on air now, and. Willie Gibson is not the special guest that uh, may join us in a few minutes. No offense to Will, uh, <laughs> but uh, he is a special guy nonetheless. But he's not the special guest that hopefully this person will be able to join us. And I'm not going to say because if they don't be able to make it, such is life. So did you guys have a chance to look at and read the article I emailed uh, earlier today? Yeah. Kind of lengthy, but uh, yeah. we'll get into that. And folks who are wondering where Mr. Andy Yanez is. He will be joining us around 7.30. And no, Andy is not the special guest who I have hopefully joining us on the show this evening. Uh, obviously, that person, if they're able to join, it's basketball related. So we'll see if they are able to join us. But what I want to talk about for the time being, John Wilner is basically the dean of Pac-12 Media. He works for the Bay Area News Group, and he has an article written, and the headline of it, so I can get that right, is basically, let's see, the commissioner 
George Kliokov, the PAC-12 commissioner, has a message to the PAC-12 presidents. Spend more on football, reap the rewards. He believes that football, football packs a serious return on investment. Will, mm-hmm. you are a Power Five representative. Mm-hmm. James and, and I are not yet Power Five. We represent the, what is it, James, the uh, P6, Power, <laughs> power Six, right? Like yeah. Takaresco wants to, uh, everybody to say. But one of the tenets of George Commissioner Kleokov's, pers- um, let's see, methods, methodology to the Pac-12 presidents is that it has been proven that you spend money on football, increase your budgets, recruiting budgets, your coaching staffs, it will, will result in wins. Wins will generate interest from the alums. And basically, it's money maker all around. It will, it will increase in uh, student attendance, enrollment, all those things. What do y'all think about that? Does it make sense? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I live it. I live it here in Columbus, Ohio. I see it every day. Um, Ohio State has 36 varsity sports, 950 student athletes, and the largest money maker, the revenue generator for non-revenue sports is football. I mean, it's, I mean, I've said it before on a, a previous show. Ohio State generates a $15 million profit per home game. And those funds go. <laughs> Say that again. Sure. Um, Ohio State generates a $15 million profit per home game. And it's seven home games, eight home games per year. So those resources go to, uh, support, uh, women's gymnastics, the pistol team, the shooting team, um, men's and women's track and field. Those non-revenue sports benefit greatly from the success of the Ohio State football team. So absolutely, I totally agree with that. And um, to go a little further, you mentioned salaries. Ohio State was able to uh, pull, for lack of a better term, um, the top defensive coordinator in the country from Oklahoma State, Jim Knowles. He started uh, January 2nd. Uh, he was making it and the nature of what we do, you know, I'm not a person that likes to get in people's pockets, but this is a part of what we do. Um, he was making $800,000 per season at Oklahoma State. He signed a three-year contract with Ohio State, averaging $1.9 million per season. And let me say this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump after I read this from the article by John Wilner. I'm going to go jump to one of our segments sponsored by the Saxonian family because it ties into something that Mr. Gibson just said. And James, uh, you may not got the email, but I'm sure I got it today. But Will, you're going to get a kick out of it when I mention it. So one second on that. But back to the article. Uh, let's see here and pull it up. John Wilner cites a 2012 study. The National Bureau of Economic Research published a study in 2012 on the topic by Michael Anderson, professor of economics at Cal Berkeley. And he reached the following conclusion. I'm going to read the quote. 
for FBS schools, winning football games increases alumni, athletic donations, enhances a school's academic reputation, increases the number of applicants and in-state students, reduces acceptance rates, and raises average incoming SAT scores. The estimates imply that large increases in team performance can have economically significant effects, particularly in the area of athletic donations. Consider a school that improves its season wins by five games. The approximate difference between a 25th percentile season and a 75th percentile season. Changes of this magnitude occur approximately 8% of the time over a one-year period and 13% of the time over a two-year period. And James, I think you have did that this year going from what? Three win to 11 win, right? Mm-hmm. This school may expect alumni athletic donations to increase by $682,000. Applications to increase by 677. The acceptance rate to drop by 1.5 percentage points. In-state enrollment to increase by 76 students. And incoming 25th percentile scores, SAT scores to increase by nine points. End quote. So I'm going to tile that in and I'm going to go solo screen. Well, I'm not, I want to, because I, I want to see Will's, let's <laughs> see Will's face when I read this. So hold on while I read this segment brought to you by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. Check this out. Houston Cougar alums and football fans. Lock in seats for 2022 with a season ticket deposit for only $75. Deposit to be applied toward the final cost of 2022 season tickets. Fans can email tickets at uh.edu or call 713-GO-COOGS, 713-462-6647 during regular business hours. Lock in your seats for the 2022 Houston football season and be part of all the excitement in the Cougs stand as the Cougs stand ready to compete for another conference championship before heading into the Big 12 conference. Score big, all caps there. Then where is it? Big as in Big 12 with Houston football. Same great seats for every game. Earn priority points. Flexible payment options. Exclusive invitations to Houston football events. Priority access to postseason tickets. Priority access to single game tickets and pre-sale home games. Special pre-sale ticket offers to special events held at UH Athletics facilities. Well, I saw your eyes there, man. Let me say it one more time. Lock in seats for 2022 with a season ticket deposit for only $75. Wow, what a bargain. What a bargain. That's uh, how, how does that equate to uh, big-time football up there in Columbus at the Ohio State University? Actually, let me pull that up. I was actually thinking of that because ticket pricing came out for season tickets um, about uh, November. I uh, don't have it. Um, um, I want to say, yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
<laughs> I want, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know that $75 would get you in the Arkansas State game. Honestly, and I, and I mean that with all seriousness. I, I, I mean, no, I take, I mean, no shade. I'm totally serious. I don't know that $75 gets you in the Arkansas State game. We have Arkansas State, Toledo, and a non-conference game, our non-conference season. Uh, we also have Notre Dame kicking off the season September 3rd at Ohio Stadium. I do know Michigan is coming to Ohio Stadium this year. I believe ticket prices for that game start at three eighteen per seat. Uh, for that game. For that game. For that game. Um Yeah. Yeah. Put like this. Uh it's it's a running joke here. Um I, I, tradition unlike any other. I pay my alumni dues on New Year's Eve. I do it every year. It's just I I I it used to be a, I gotta hurry up and do it. Now it's just by design. I just right. pay them and get it done. Well, there's a program called the Buckeye Club. One of the, you mentioned, uh, priority access to Houston athletic events. Well, there's a, a group or a, um, opportunity to do that here at Ohio State, uh, called the Buckeye Club. And there's different tiers of, um, donation or, um, what you can pay and what you would get. And uh, to join the Buckeye Club, it's a minimum of $1,500. And your $1,500 gives you the opportunity to purchase season tickets. doesn't guarantee you a season ticket. The $1,500 gives you the opportunity. And it's, and like you mentioned that big, I emphasize it provides the opportunity to purchase season tickets. You that's, may not. That sounds like uh, PSLs in the NFL. It's been once said that. Someone has once said that. But you get other things as well with, as, as a member of the Buckeye Club. But yeah, that that is the draw, the attraction, if you will. James, this, what are your thoughts on what I read and said and what Will has just <laughs> informed us? I mean... It doesn't surprise me with Ohio State. I was going to say, I doubt you could get into a single game for 75 bucks, but it goes to show what we were talking about a few weeks ago. Just, I mean, you're coming off a team that's the Houston team that's having their best season since 2015, 12 wins. They're in, in nationally ranked in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, and you're having to lower it all the way to 75 bucks to try to entice people like, it just shows that there's a long way to go. And I know a few shows ago, I said, like we talked about, you know, attendance with non-conference schedule and looked at that, but like, why I don't believe, you know, you're going to see a massive jump. Like they struggle getting more than, I don't think they got more than 28 and change this year. I don't think there's going to, you're going to see a huge jump anyway. Um, I mean, if there was such a demand, first of all, you wouldn't see this deal 75 bucks. Um, Cause if there's a demand, obviously prices are going to go up. And so they're trying, they're trying anything to incentivize, incentivize people to come. And so it just shows like, while the football program has taken a step in the right direction this year in terms of, you know, performance on the field, they still have a long way to go. But I mean, in general, if UH wants to be, you know, create that college atmosphere, that game day atmosphere that, that, that defines a lot of college, uh, is across the country 
there's a long way to go because even 12 wins nationally ranked, you're still not drawing in the people you need to draw in um, to have, you know, people fighting for seats. Like Will said, you know, paying $1,500, getting a chance, you don't even know. Whereas, you know, you pay 75, you're guaranteed everything in there. There's still going to be a lot of empty seats. And I, and I say that, and for anybody new watching on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, I'm an alum. Okay. I am going to continue mentioning the season ticket hmm, promotions to encourage other alums to support football, support UH athletics. I, um, I know that it's all relative, but I was told today that the interest in the $75 deposit has been strong so far. So it's, it's, it's a, a positive step in the right direction, but it needs to get better, especially when you look at the football factories in the Big 12 that U of H is going to join in a year or so. And I, that's the Big 12. I'm, I'm not even talking about the Big 10, you know, teams like that, or the SEC football factories over there. U of H alums, for the most part, it's gotten better in Will, excuse me, in James' generation, um, are Fairweather fans. I think James' generation and uh, fellow students his age and around his age are U of H fans. They will go to the athletic events to see U of H, not to see the opponent. So that has to continue growing in that fashion in order to have a larger season ticket base in football, in order to be able to generate more revenue for the other athletic sports. And I'm going to say this again. It also... Marketing has to do a better job. UH Athletics has to do a better job of doing all these things. I'm going to touch on this, and Will, James, I want to get your thoughts on this, and then we'll talk some hoops. Um, and talk, James, I'll wait for Andy to come on before we talk about the uh, gocoos.com article with the great info they, they uh, shared with everybody um, last night and today. But, Will, yes. James, I saw... Thursday night on ESPN Plus streaming platform, Texas Tech Red Raiders men's basketball coach, uh, Mark Adams, I believe is his name. His coach's show was from a restaurant. Okay, I'm not going to plug the name of the restaurant because they're not paying us. So, okay. But they streamed the show on ESPN Plus. Okay. It's a radio show. All right, so fans could be at the restaurant with coach, with the radio host, etc. But it was streamed also on ESPN Plus. Okay, I think thank you, Will. Mm-hmm. I say that to to say this. Coach Samson's show has a coach's show during conference play. I think the first one was this week on Monday, James. I think that's right because the initial one was canceled because of COVID issues within the program. Um, once again, I'm not going to plug the, the restaurant because they're not paying us. But by the way, if you want to support folks talking sports, please do so. Okay. Because I think this platform is, is going to grow. 
And I'll get into more of that shortly. But why not stream that show, the coaches show on, doesn't have to be ESPN plus. First things first, put it on the UH Athletics YouTube channel. It's all football over there for the most part. The majority of the stuff on the UH Athletics YouTube channel is football. One of the main reasons why I get so many views that I do get from the U of H alums, which should be more, honestly, folks, um, on my channel is because I show a lot of the basketball media sessions that are not shown on the UH Athletics YouTube channel. I don't care if they have a sponsor or not. It still should be on the UH Athletics YouTube channel. But why not stream it on the channel? It's not, it's not going to put on ESPN plus rice. The same thing with rice. Rice's coach, coach Scott Perro has a coach's show at a restaurant. Stream that on Rice's YouTube channel. All these methods to reach your audience. Not everybody can get to the restaurant. Not all of your alums live in Houston, but your alums still want to connect with your program, feel a part of your program. So, Give them the chance to connect with your, with their alma mater. Stream it. What we're doing. Streaming is all over social media now. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, working on the possibility of being on Roku. Let me say that one more time. Working on the possibility of having folks talking sports on Roku. The plat, the technology exists. I think Andy said that in our last show. It might have been James. The technology exists. The local schools, specifically athletics, because that's our area of focus, needs to embrace the technology and embrace the more ways to reach your alums. James, comment, please, as I step down from my soapbox. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I was going to say, just on your point, I've talked to many alums or UH fans that I've interacted with and they're always like you know I wish there was a way we could hear from coach Sampson coach Holgerson more directly and like that hits on your point there I mean if you if you use the technology there you will get viewership people want to hear this stuff um but so it, it, like you said it seems silly not to you know take advantage of that um especially since we have the technology it's relatively it's not too difficult to set up. Like, it's not like you're asking them to go out of their way completely. Like, it's a pretty simple process. You're already hosting a radio show, um, you know, at a restaurant. You can easily make it available on YouTube or that it's not that hard. Um, and I think that hits on the marketing point from the UH perspective is, you know, <laughs> there's another way to connect with fans it, that helps grow the fan base. Uh, we've talked about how, you know, we, there, there's a lot of stuff that need to be taken, um, in marketing for UH to grow. And that's one. Um, so I think, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and I think you see that success with a lot, a lot of these schools that have, you know, hit it big time with, you know, their fan bases and stuff. I, I I've seen, you talked about Texas Tech recently adding it. I've seen it with other schools too. Like they're doing, they're taking, they're doing stuff to give their fans the content they want and, positive results are are, are, are are forthcoming for both the university and the fan base. Will, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> first thing I thought of, who does air? Is it 
the coaches show? Is that like a the flagship station of U of H basketball, or what, where does it air currently? Uh, basically, yes. The okay. the radio announcer who does the games also does the the coaches show, and I think it's similar to a Rice coaches show as well. And, and I ask that only because is that, and I don't know the parameters of the of the deal that they the school has with that media outlet or whatever. But is it a scenario where that entity is paying for the exclusivity of that coaches show and it can't be used anywhere else? Because I'm thinking, I don't know the Ohio State. I mean, I know Chris Hoban has a coaches show and it is aired on the flagship station of Ohio State basketball. I don't know that it's aired anywhere else. So I don't know enough of the scenario or the situation. Is it they have exclusivity and they have, for lack of a better term, ownership of the program and it can't be used anywhere else? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so because, uh, like this year, for the first time, um, Dana Holgerson's show started airing on ESPN Plus. Um, his Monday stuff um, just started this year. They had some technical difficulties um, over the first few weeks, but the last, you know, six weeks of the season, he was on ESPN Plus. So unless it's like they have a, an exclusive agreement with basketball or something, I don't think the school is like closed off to allowing other entities to uh, stream their content. And and will let let's say your uh, thought is correct. It is exclusive. That's antiquated and it's outdated. It's obsolete because you have more options to reach a larger audience for your, your radio broadcast. Okay. You can, if you don't want to show it live, there's a recording of it, you know, with intro saying, you know, this was recorded, blah, 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 for such, such a date brought to you by our flagship station, blah, 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 blah. Our next show will be this coming Monday, you know, to get, it's another reason to go, if nothing else, to get your alum to go to U8 Athletics YouTube channel. Because right now, the majority of the content there is football related. Okay. So there's got to be a way, if you are correct, there's got to be a happy medium that can be reached to increase your reach to your fan base. If okay, let's do it like this. If if you have a tie-in with exclusivity, okay, I'm gonna toot our horn and say, okay, folks talking sports, y'all got ten minutes to do a show with Coach Kelvin Sampson and Coach Ronald Huey. Put it on your show. We're gonna do it, and we're gonna reach an audience that they don't reach, whether mm-hmm. whether it's live, you know, whatever. They need to think outside the box. And that goes for U of H, Rice, TSU, Prairie View, HBU. And most of this stuff does not cost a lot of money. I choose to believe those schools have budgets larger than this show. Okay? I sure hope so. (laughs) So based on that assumption, they should be able to do a streaming content for for their sports. But is okay. So that that flagship station that hosts the culture show, do they stream it on their platforms? I doubt it because when I, I checked on it today, 
I didn't see any anything about a link to watch it or you know okay. or or listen to it while it's happening kind of thing. Uh, but I do think Rice's coaches show. I think you can catch it on riceowls.com. I oh. think so. You, at a minimum, you can you can do that. It, it might be just be the audio. Fine, whatever. But there's has to be more ways to reach your audience than just the in-person, face-to-face coaches show. And I only say that because I only know Ohio State. And I know here they do have an exclusive contract with Learfield Sports. Mm-hmm. And the flagship station only has access to the coaches show. Now, they do stream it on their website. They do stream it on their platform, but it's not aired anywhere else. So, and again, I know Learfield pays Ohio State quite a bit for the exclusive rights to their sports programming. And that's why I asked that. Because sure, I, no, I don't, it's, it's a yeah. fair question, and you could be yeah. correct. I think U of H works with IMG. Okay. And um, I think IMG, it, and I'll say this to your point. If IMG is streaming the Coach Hogerson show or the Coach Santon show, you don't know about it. Mm. James, have you seen it? Have you, have you seen any, any mention of it? And the only, the only mentions I ever see of it are the emails that say, remember Coach Sampson's at going to this bar or whatever. Yeah. 630. So they have, I mean, you could be right. Well, you could be right on, right on point, but we wouldn't know it, mm. which is our larger point. Sure. Marketing has to do better mm-hmm. because if the media doesn't know, then why would the fans and the alum know? Right. So that's that's what I'm really trying to get across to U of H is do better, especially if you want to, if you proclaim yourself to be a big time program, big time athletics program, then you got to start working like a big time athletics program thinking like a big time athletics program and then doing like a big time athletics program okay um our special guest said he's he's close so you know it's a he he's close so we'll see if he's able to join us um but and andy well wait for andy because i want to get into the, the very good info about Provided by GoCoops.com. Some more info about the agreement U of H uh, has with the Big 12. And one little, see if I can pull it up, uh, teaser for, for Will. Cause, uh, James also sent it to me. Let's see here if I can find it. All right. Uh, Houston will join the Big 12 on July 1st, 2024 or an earlier date agreed upon by UH and the Big 12 Conference. And this is info via Ryan Monso, Monsu. Ryan, if I mispronounce your name, I apologize. M-O-N-C-E-A-U-X at gocougs.com. And probably need to try to get him on a future FTS show so we can talk to him about um, U of H and his work that he does at gocougs.com because I'm, I, don't, I don't know everything. Don't, don't pro- proclaim to know everything. So he can share his info and insight with us. I'm all for it. But yeah, let's talk some basketball. Oh, no, no. Before our guest comes on, 
<laughs> James, I think I sent it to you. And Andy, well, I didn't send it to you, but as of this morning, as of this morning on the ESPN men's and women's basketball, college basketball bracketology, Mr. Gibson. Yes. Houston Cougars men's team is the only men's team is the only American athletic conference men's team in the tournament. As of this morning, as of January 7th, I think 6 a.m. per Joe Lenardi. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, women's hoops in the AAC. UCF, South Florida, and Tulsa. Tulsa's the automatic qualifier right now only because they are in first place in the conference. And, you know, the AQ goes to the conference champion. So that's for simplification. So three teams, women's teams from the AAC project to be in the tournament, but only one team on the men's side. James, would you have thought that back in September or October? No, I, I mean, I would have thought, I mean, I I think I mentioned this, you mentioned it, like one to maybe two on the women's side max was what we expected just because of what's been, or like you got the automatic bid with the winner, but we didn't think, you know, there's there's a strong possibility that another team from the conference doesn't get in, but I, I'd assume, you know, a Memphis, uh, Wichita State, a Cincinnati, you know, at least three American teams on the men's side would get in. But I mean, looking at how things have shaped out, it doesn't surprise me. Um, like, cause I, I mean, I agree. Like, is there, is, is there rightfully anyone in the American other than Houston that deserves a spot in the tournament? Right, right now, now, no. Like, Be- because. UCF, I think, Bernardi's bracketology, I think he did one on New Year's Eve or so. He did it after UCF thumped Michigan. So UCF, I think, was in that bracketology. Then UCF lost a conference game. Memphis has underachieved, dealing with injuries and expectations that haven't lived up to them. Memphis lost to Tulane in conference, which who would have thought that? Okay. But then Memphis went and mashed Wichita State on Sunday, who U of H men play Saturday morning. Yes, Saturday morning, 11 o'clock Central Time here in Houston. SMU was the automatic qualifier in the last bracketology, but they got mashed by Cincinnati men's team, which made them give them one loss in conference, which bumped them from the automatic qualifier as of, like I said, being in first place in conference. So as of today, U of H men's hoops is in first place in the conference. So right now they are the automatic qualifier <laughs> for the American Athletic Conference. And that's it. And Lenardi, Joe Lenardi has them as a four seed in the tournament. Memphis and UCF are among the first four outs. Now let's shift gears. Our special guest has joined us. He's got a game tomorrow at 4 p.m., part of the Fertitta Center double hitter. And let me pull that up as well because there is a, a mention I want to say about the double hitter. Fans who attend the Houston Cougars men's basketball game against Wichita State can come back to Fertitta Center and show their ticket stub 
or proof of it. I think it's all in your phones now, whatever. At the box office for a $5 ticket to the women's game. That's U of H, Tulsa, tipping at 4 p.m. Is that correct, special guest, head coach Ronald Huey? Yes, it is. Um, how's everybody doing? So delighted to be here, guys, to join you guys. I've always uh, listened to uh, everything you guys talk about. Chris sends me the uh, broadcast and um, finally get to join you, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes, we uh, definitely want as many fans as we can in the building tomorrow. Um, Tulsa, a really, really good team this year. New coach. Um, she came from Arizona State. She was at Rice before as well. And um, just got the young ladies playing extremely well. You know, they're number one in the conference right now with an 11-1 record. Um, they just went to Memphis and and won a, a thrilling game. Uh, came down to a three-point shot with like five seconds that uh, Biddle, uh, one of the juniors on the team, made. Um, but we're excited and accepting the challenge tomorrow. And I think that win, if you touched on it, Tulsa's win was their first win at Memphis in five, well now six years, because it was the 2015-2016 season. So, Coach, your team has won uh, five in a row, right? Yeah, five in a row, and, and it feels like a lifetime ago because, uh, you know, you've been shut down by COVID and things like that and having an opportunity to get back on the floor and play again um, after 13, 14 days was really good for us. Um, so we're trying to get back to that rhythm of uh, playing those games to where we're becoming victorious and, and just want to try to keep that streak going, especially at home. And what's what's been the, what's been the key to the, the uh, winning streak, the five games in a row? You know, I think the first thing was um, we got out of the respecting each other and add more accountability to each other. I think when you you, you gain, you bring a, a bunch of newcomers together. We brought our kids from last year and then we brought in, you know, some talented newcomers. Everybody, no one wanted to step on each other's toes. You know, they were giving each other so much respect and things like that, that that accountability was wavering for us um, just because it was giving each other a pass. Uh, and so we had to really talk about that and be able to move forward and challenge them in that area because they were, you know, really, really, I mean, the culture is great, especially off the floor. They was doing team things together, bonding, um, eating together and, and dinners and things like that. And then we got on the court. Uh, we had a little separation at times. And so we had to figure that part out. And I think once we had a heart to heart about that, um, it started to open up for us because, again, and, and not to say females are, are different from males when you talk about as basketball players, but I think. You have to talk things out more with females than you do males. And I think that was one of the areas that we needed to do was uh, get everything out on the table so they can have an opportunity to uh, bring their best foot forward. Coach, do you think this team, last year's team, could have won a game if Layla Blair only scored 11 points? No, not at all. So what... So you had balanced scoring in Wednesday's road win over Wichita State. So just um, discuss the growth in the team to get that done. Yeah, and it was one of the things that we had to get Layla to understand early as well is that we have a lot of talent around you, so you don't have to do it by yourself. But the thing we need for you to grow in the area, how can you get other ones shots and help them have some production? When we're talking about for two, how can you get her 
in a position where she can grow around the basket and score with easy buckets? How can you get diamond looks, you know, from the corner and those threes coming down there? How can you get Tatiana some easy looks? How can Tierra, you know, you guys that are a little bit more talented than the other ones that are three-level scorers, we know you can score the basketball, but what are going to be your con contributions outside of scoring? Rebounding, defending, getting steals, getting assists, getting other people involved and putting them in a position to be successful. And she's shown some growth in that during this streak. And uh, I see Fatu had uh, 10 boards and five blocks go along with eight points in the win over, over the Shockers on Wednesday. So how is she finally getting more comfortable? She she is. You know, the thing that she's still battling with is the pace, you know, and, and she's starting to come around now. So Wichita State helped tremendously because she played over 25 minutes a game, you know, and so she thinks she could be really effective around 17, 18. So that's the thing we're trying to get to. If she can get those three or four minutes hard as she possibly can, it'll help her grow and uh, we can continue to see good things from her. And I'm, I'm going to bring in. Andy Yanez, I think he's just audio right now. So Andy, we're going to find out if you can hear us. Andy Yanez, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Are you on with uh, James, Willie, and Coach Ronald Huey? Coach Huey, I don't want to get you in trouble, okay? Mm -hmm. You know that I am not one to hold my tongue. Nope. Okay? But what are your thoughts on... For your your program, your team, women's basketball, ways to promote your program more. I think the first thing we have to do is continue to put a great product on the floor, um, and I think the opportunities will come for us. You know, one of the ways is to use more with the ESPN Plus um, coaches shows. Um, highlight our players more. If you do um, some kind of uh, event stuff with them, be able to get them involved, um, their families and all those people that they know will be able to watch and see. Um, just kind of produce those kind of avenues uh, on campus where we have the, the streaming, where we have the capabilities to be able to do that. Um, just talking about even, you know, we, we watched the, uh, I was watching a UTA game. They had their players in commercials um, where they're producing, whether they're talking about tickets or school or whatever the case may be, they had those things going on um, as commercials for their games and things like that. So I think we have to have an opportunity to open up um, those kind of avenues for all the women's sports, because I think, you know, we know the headliners, football and men's basketball are, are in the driver's seat and we appreciate everything that they do for us. But the other, the other uh, sports are not far behind. And, and so we just need a little bit of help in, in pushing forth um, those other avenues and streams and ideas just to get us going a little bit more. James, Willie, Andy, do y'all have any questions for Coach Huey? I have a few more, but y'all have any right now for him? Yeah, I got one. Um, Coach, so I know, you know, last year y'all took a major step forward and you felt like, you know, y'all deserved a spot in the NCAA tournament, but you talked about how, you know, non-Power 5, the American, has been overlooked. Um, right before you got on, I don't know if you heard, but Chris was mentioning how in the latest projections in the women's side, they have three teams, including Tulsa, who y'all uh, square off with tomorrow. Do you feel like, you know, there's more opportunities this year that 
the committee will value the, these wins more in conference. If you are able to, you know, do what you set out to do and take care of conference play, do you feel like they're starting to get, give more respect to the conference and just the quality of wins? I think so. Just because of what happened last year with South Florida going and playing well, then UCF, you know, continues to making the tournament. But the thing is, some of the teams in our conference have picked up scheduling and have played well out of conference. You know, Tulsa being one, you know, the last three or four years, they've been, you know, in the bottom four. Um, so now you got them who's kind of sprung up and played out of conference. And, you know, I, I think they're first in the nation and, and, and um, assisted turnover ratio. I think they're in the top 10 in scoring. I think they're, like in the top 10 and three points made, like 10 point, 10 threes, 11 threes a game. So when you start to see those kind of things from other schools besides the top three or four, uh, I think it brings recognition to the conference and special winning outside the conference, especially when you talk about the American this year. I think we got 12 or 13 power five wins. You are talking about that kind of stuff. So the committee has to take a look at those things, um, especially when people like us, um, UCF and, and, um, are, are going to the, the Big 12. So again, we're anticipating making that move, but we're already showing we're capable of that in the conference we're in. So I think, especially with us going to 68, we'll get a little bit more respect because again, like you said last year, we're in that first four out and we was the first team. And I think everybody behind us were in power five conferences. So hopefully they can continue to see that and, um, recognize the work that we're putting in. And um, it'll show when it comes to the NCAA tournament and, and getting that selection. Willie Giffen, do you have a, have a question for Coach? I, I do. Coach, thank you first and foremost again for joining us. Um, you mentioned seeing the commercial and the marketing of uh, a game you were watching and the student-athletes in that. Um, have your student-athletes been able to participate, take advantage of the uh, name, image, and likeness opportunities uh, presented or available to them? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me as well. Yeah, we have seven young ladies now with NIL deals. Um, three or four of them have this energy drink. Uh, two or three of them have these new earbuds. Um, Erica got the wing place up in Fifth Ward. So, I mean, so they're doing those different things. Um, Layla Blair just did an autograph session or something like that. So again, it's something that we as the head coach and, you know, the coaches can't get into their business with it, but we just have to make sure their schedule or what they're trying to do don't conflict with what we're trying to do. So, but yeah, it's seven of them right now um, that have NIL deals. And we are really proud about that. Uh, Julia Blackshare Fair just got another one uh, with ear pods. And then she just asked me another one, uh, asked me a question about, um, solar panel. It's a solar panel company out of California where she's from that's moving to Texas that's already offering her. So she's working on something with them as well. So it's starting to go around for them to be able to do that. But I just wish that uh, right now their little advertisement is only on social media. And I wish we could get it to where, you know, it's on YouTube. It's on, you know, some other avenues as well. Uh, and I think it'll really, really start to grow for them. And do you have a question for Coach? Yeah. First of all, Coach Hugh, thank you for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. But um, kind of sticking with the 
kind of the marketing aspect a little bit. I, I was curious from your standpoint, how do you feel or do you feel like your team is in a good space in terms of accessibility, whether it comes to, you know, access to, to media and access to just a, kind of a broader audience that might not necessarily be a strong UH uh, women's basketball followers, but could, could potentially be? Exactly. And that's why we want to be able to control what we can control. Um, we're putting a good product out on the floor and winning and then be able to shake the trees a little bit to be able to get more. You know, I talk to Chris a lot and, and that's why I try to do things like this to be able to bring notice to things. And so with the young ladies, we always are trying to put ourselves in a position to where when we do get an opportunity to say um, we could get more marketing or some kind of advertisement, we're prepared to be able to take advantage of that. But yeah, we're we're asking for it right now. And the university and Chris Pesman and Ms. Chizer are, are are working on different things um, right now as we speak. Um, the thing that we're battling is, you know, again, funds and COVID and testing and all this kind of stuff. So just like all the other programs and things like that. So, but again, we just have to be creative on our end. So when the do when the opportunity do present itself, we can be able to, to circumvent whatever obstacles that we're about to face and be able to jump through those hoops and be able to make it happen. Coach, what challenges does Tulsa present to you guys in Saturday's matchup? You know, they're a team that's undersized, that's quick and athletic. You know, you're talking about they start four, five, eight players and one six-foot player. So now you're talking about we got for two, that's six-five, and Jazz, that's six-five, and, you know, it's going to be a struggle with them you know, being on the floor to, to guard and some of those small guards. Um, the other thing, I mean, Tulsa is a team that moves the basketball like crazy. Um, Doug Brotherton, who's their uh, player developer, um, was here as a high school coach here in Houston. And he's there. He did a lot of scouting when he was a high school coach at um, for the unit for excuse me, for the Rockets and OKC and Dallas Mavericks. So they have a little pro look to some of the stuff that they're doing now. It's kind of what the Golden State Warriors did when they had Clay Healthy and, and, and Steph and those kind of things where, you know, two guards come together outside, one slip and the other one pop and they shoot the threes. That's why they're getting up all, you know, almost 35 threes a game. They are make almost making 10 a game. They're playing with a frantic pace as well, you know, almost 80 possessions a game. Um, the other thing they do is they're always moving, you know, when it's, it's hard to play against teams that, are, first of all, they're already undersized, but they're they're quick. They can get down here with the basketball. They can handle it either hand and then they shoot the three like crazy. So, again, it gives you um, those kind of oppositions that when you get them in the game where we might have a rebound advantage just because we think we have size on it, but they're so quick and they're running by us and getting rebounds. You know, those five, eight guards are averaging five rebounds a game, you know, and that that's another thing. So when you talk about them pushing the ball in transition, they're not even running to the rim. They're running to a five out because they're getting those threes up, you know. So, again, where we're used to running our post to get in the paint to protect the basket and getting those guards back, you know, you got to guard at the three-point line this game. The other thing we got to do is take care of the basketball. There are – um ferocious at getting their hands in, getting tips and deflections and things like that, whether they're in their man or in their matchup. Um, they do some different things defensively. They're going to play a matchup zone. 
They're going to play man to man. They're going to switch. They're going to try to stay with us on things. They do different things on ball screens where they try to ice on one side of the floor, um, where they try to hedge or switch on the other side of the floor. So the thing that we have to do is make sure we continue to take care of the basketball. Our, our turnovers are down. We're almost at 13 a game now and under. So we're trying to continue to keep that streak going. Um, but the thing we don't need to do, even though we make about six, almost seven threes a game, we don't need to try to make 30, you know, 35 and, and try to match them three for three and, and things like that. Um, but we do have to be poised, play our game, and not try to turn into something that we're not. Has the news or the announcement or, you know, the soon move to the Big 12 already had a benefit for recruiting for you? Yeah, it's been tremendous for us already. Um, I've gotten so many calls about, you know, kids that's at the Power Five that thought we wasn't good enough before already calling back and, and having, you know, the person close to them give me a phone call about, you know, transferring back and things like that. And I basically tell all of them that we're not entertaining anything during the season. You know, those kids need to, they made a decision to go there. They need, they made a commitment. They need to try to do the best they can to, you know, make things work out in their favor. At the end of the year, we evaluate it all and go from there. Um, but I'm not one that want to live out of the transfer portal um, just because what we do is is not easy. It's not easy, and it takes them a while to be able to catch on. You know, that's why, you know, you know, Bria came off the bench as a freshman. Tatiana didn't play as a freshman, you know, Diamond plays sparingly as a freshman. You know, Julia played sparingly. You know, it just takes time, you know. Um, so we want to get people who have years underneath their belt, you know. So if you got three years and you're transferring, we're really looking at that. And the other thing is we don't try to get kids that we don't we haven't recruited before because this culture thing is just it, it, it's just so finicky. You could bring in a kid that you think is going to be tremendous for you that you don't know and screw up your culture so bad that you start over from ground zero. So we always try to recruit or get kids from the transfer portal that we missed on. You know, so again, we already have a relationship with them, their families. We know all about them. They know all about us. And it's not where we're um, trying to get to know each other all over again. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it has a, a tremendous effect, even in, in scheduling. You know, we're getting so many calls right now, just like we played Baylor this year, and they're already asking to start a home-and-home, home, even though we've been in conference with them. You know, but people outside the conference, Duke has called, North Carolina has called, Pac-12 schools, and so we are already putting together that kind of schedule, you know, just to make sure we ensure that we're playing um, those teams that the NCAA committee can understand that we're going to get those out-of-conference games especially on neutral sites to be able to take care of our business um, when we do get to the Big 12. But the recruiting has picked up tremendously. We had an unofficial day, and I think we had about 25 of the top uh, kids in Texas, the same ones that Texas had on campus, Baylor and everything else, ranging from 23 class, 24 and 25. Um, so it's already paying um, dividends for us. What is the one huge difference between Big 12 and the AAC? Respect. I, I mean, just simple as that. Respect. So, and, it's, and it's, so it's not size, it's not talent, it's not coaching, none of that. None of that. It's just respect. And especially when you're talking about recruiting. 
you know, it's just respect. When you talk about playing the game, it doesn't matter. You know, we beat Oklahoma. We beat all those Big 12 schools. Some of them won't even play us, you know, right now. It, it doesn't even matter with that kind of stuff. It's all about respect, name recognition, conference recognition, and, and that's the biggest thing. It's always hurt us when we were recruiting against those Big 12 schools. That I mean, Kansas, who was at the bottom of the barrel the last, what, three, four, five years, and kids still would choose Kansas to go and lose over Houston and come and win. Name recognition. Big 12. Respect. I'm going to wrap it up with you, Coach. Thank you very much for doing this. And I want to let everybody who's watching on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, folks talking sports, we can do this. Okay? Yes. This was short notice. Yes. So reach out to him so we can do this. And uh, miss this to, to my guys on the, sh on the show, the James, Will, Andy. If y'all got somebody who think you might want to invite, join the show, short notice, Let's make it happen. Yes. You got the platform to do this. Coach Shuey, thank you very much for, for doing this. One more time, uh, remind people about the matchup tomorrow. And I'll say it, if you have a ticket to the men's game, U of H, Wichita State, you can take that ticket to the ticket office and watch U of H women's game. Four o'clock, right, Coach? Four o'clock? Four o'clock. And get a ticket for five bucks. Okay? And let me say, I don't work for U of H marketing. I don't work for U of A ticket office, so I'm plugging the program. Although I've been told a few times they should hire. Yeah, you're right. They probably should send the coin our way for all the promoter we do for the program. But that's okay. I'm an alum first. But yeah, coach, just one more time. Let's invite people out to the center to watch you guys play. Exactly. And the thing is, you're not going to come and sit down and see something boring. You know, we're almost 80 possessions a game. We forced 20 turnovers a game. You know, we are the third highest scoring team in the conference. So, again, it's exciting game of basketball. Come and check it out for yourself. And I promise you, you won't be upset that you came and watched one of our games. Coach Ronald Hewitt, U of H Women's Basketball. Coach, you and I uh, need to talk some more, see if we can do some more of those shows you talked about. And if we can't get them on ESPN+, Plus, we can get them on Folks Talking Sports, YouTube channel, iHeartRadio, something. Yes. We'll make it happen like that. We'll do something to help the program in the way we can. Like I said, we don't have a big budget, but we have technology on our side. That's right. We're about to start. I'm so excited. Thank you very much, Coach. That. Take care. Thank, thank you for joining. Take care. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for what you do, man. And go Cougs. Thank you. Coach. Thank you. Like I said, I'm just playing right there. That's what we do. Okay. All right. Respect, Chris. Respect. That's the respect. difference. I was surprised he said that. I respect, but it makes sense because yeah, no, for sure. Outside of, I mean, definitely when, once UConn left the American, <laughs> nobody respects women's basketball in the American Athletic Conference. And Andy, you know, the way things are looking on the men's side this year, I'm not yeah. sure too much no, respect is warranted on the, on the men's side <laughs> outside of U of H. No, the moment the moment Houston makes that leap to the Big Twelve, the American is in trouble. Yeah, and let's talk about that. Uh, Andy Yanez from Paul Samajama, Community Impact Newspaper, Apollo Sports, James Mueller, The Daily Cougar, Willie Gibson. What is it? WTG, Will? It is. WTG Sports? Yes. Okay. 
We're all here. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Andy, what are your thoughts on the article you, you sent to me? <clears throat> I assume you read it. Uh, about from on Goku's.com about you, Vape, and the Big 12. Yeah, the, the one that disclosed the, the contract or the agreement? Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway that I took from, from the contract was just the, that the University of Houston wouldn't officially become a full member of the Big 12 conference until 2025, which, you know, the main benefit is they, they wouldn't be able to get the 100% of the, the money shared with all the members of the conference. Um, which coincidentally, 20, if everything goes as planned, which probably won't, this is going to be the same year that Oklahoma and, and Texas leave for the SEC. Outside of that, uh, I mean, not much of, like, in terms of contract itself. I know also the U of H had to pay just over $2 million just to be able to, to make the move to the Big 12 for that contract. But that's really the big point that stood out to me. Um, since you, since you were, were able to join us late, I want to get your thoughts. We touched on it earlier in the show about the PAC 12 uh, commissioner speaking to the president about the importance of spending more money in football because of the benefits in return on investment. Uh, did you have a chance to read the article yet? I know you're busy today. Did you have a chance to read it? I did. What are your thoughts on it, man? Do you agree with him that football is a great return on on investment. I would have to say <laughs> you're gonna hate me if I do this. I would have to say it depends because you could put all the money in the world, but if you you put all those funds into a bad football program, you make the wrong hires. At the end of the day, if they're not winning, it's not really gonna make much of an impact. But I, I get the the main argument he's making where. You know, if you if you truly commit to investing into your football program, into your athletics program, in theory, uh, obviously you're going to see that success return on the field, and the university as a whole will get that success. With you know, if you have, especially since it's the Pac-12, they have that, like Ron Huey said, they have that respect being a Power Five conference, that name recognition. If they have success, they're going to be challenging to be in the college football playoff. They're going to be have high-quality bowl games, that's going to attract eyeballs. That's going to make alumni want to support uh, back to their uh, their universities. And even then, like they said, that attracts name recognition. And the university is going to make more people want to apply. So I, I understand the main argument he's making, but I feel like it's a lot more complicated than just throw a lot of money into the football program and, and you'll see a lot of more success with the university as a whole. Fair enough. I'm going to give you guys uh, about a two-minute break here. I'm going to do uh, one more segment sponsored by the Saxenian family tied to hoops. I'm going to go solo screens. If anybody wants to get some water, things like that, you can do so. And then we're going to come back and talk about U of H men's hoops, the matchup with Wichita State, and a clip from head coach Kelvin Sampson about how injured the team is and how close they are to being 40 minutes away from a walk-on. So here we go. This segment is brought to you by, once again, the Steve Saxinian, Steve Saxinian and the Saxinian family. For the fifth consecutive season, University of Houston men's basketball head coach Kelvin Sampson and the Cougars will host a fight for literacy game when they take on 
Wichita State at 11 a.m. Saturday inside the Fatida Center. Game can be seen on CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network. I uh, know Clark Kellogg is one of the guys working the game. So big time. Will Clark, Clark oh, wow, Kellogg, man. a book guy. <clears throat> yeah. By wearing green lapel pins and wristbands in support of hashtag fight for literacy in Houston, Coach Samson and his staff are promoting childhood reading and the local literacy work of Literacy Now. All funds generated at the game will stay in Houston through a grant partnership with Literacy Now. Since 2013, Coaching for Literacy has granted more than $730,000 to local literacy partners to fund initiatives like mentoring, after-school programs, and providing age-appropriate books for children. Next, talking about U of H and the game against the Shockers, Saturday morning. With Monday's release, the Cougs were ranked in the Associated Press poll for the 35th consecutive week to tie a school record. The Cougs previously appeared in the AP Top 25 for 35 straight weeks from November 27th, 1967 through December 16th, 1969. I wasn't even around then. That shows you how long ago that was. The Cougs have been ranked in every AP poll since January 20th, 2019. About the Shockers of Wichita State. They entered Saturday's game with a 9-4 overall record and 0-1 in the American Athletic Conference. The Shockers are tied for eighth in the latest AAC standings. Wichita State is 2-0 in true road games this season. In the last game out, they lost at home to Memphis 82-64 on New Year's Day in the AAC Conference opener. Against Memphis, sophomore guard Tyson Etienne, the preseason AAC Player of the Year, at all players with 17 points, and he added three steals with one assist. And just one assist because the Shockers, they've been struggling to make shots about the last three of Especially at home, last three or four home games, I think they're making shots like me and, and my crew. No, no, no shade on everybody, but I can't shoot like I used to. So that's how the Shockers have been shooting the ball basically the last few games. Junior guard Dexter Dennis totaled 16 points with five boards and two steals, while freshman guard Ricky Council the fourth, who Coach Sampson was very high on in uh, his media session today earlier today with us. Ricky Council came off the bench to score 10 points. Junior forward Morris Udezi led the Shockers with seven rebounds, while junior guard Craig Porter Jr. and freshman forward Kenny Pocho tied for team honors with three assists each. This season, Tyson Etienne leads the team with 14.9, 14.9 points per game. Morris Udezi is second with 11.5 points per game. He leads the Shockers with 5.7 rebounds per game. And Craig Porter leads the team with a little under three assists per game, 2.9, which once again indicates how much the team is struggling to make shots because you don't get an assist if you don't make the basket. That's profound, I know. All right, guys, I'm bringing you back. Once again, that segment was made possible by 
Steve Saxonian and the Saxonian family. We thank them for their continued support of folks talking sports throughout this college basketball season. Hey, hey, I got it right. Got a solo. All right. What are your thoughts? And let me, well, let me go ahead and play this and I hope it, it's the, the volume is, is good. I'm going to play a clip from head coach Kelvin Sampson. As you can, you'll hear him say how because of the current injury situation, the team is one injury away to Ryan Elvin playing 40 minutes again. And Ryan Elvin is a walk-off. So here we go. Head coach Kelvin Sampson. But, uh, because of the situation so precarious, so tight, ropish, you know, we have to be real careful about how much contact stuff we can be. Um, because we're, we're an injury away from, um, uh, Ryan Elvin playing 40 minutes a game. Hey, Joseph, the last question here for the group will go to Chris Gardner, please. Chris, go ahead. You say all that. How beneficial were these days off for, well, between games after tomorrow's game, which starts today before the next game gets Tulsa. Beneficial? Yes, sir. Um, well, I mean, this, this has been a hard week. You know, Saturday, Sunday, Philadelphia, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Tampa, and then 11 o'clock game Saturday morning. You know, turnaround for each game with, each game with, um, you know, uh, roster being as it is in the backcourt, uh, makes it tough. So, um, we didn't even tape yesterday. I mean, we ain't got back to one o'clock in the morning. Our kids probably didn't get back to their rooms and get to sleep till after two. So <clears throat> it make a lot of sense to, you know, they spend most of their time in the training room. So Jamal tweaked his knee. Ramon hurt his knee. Um, Kyler's ankle, Reggie's hand. You know, people forget um, Fabian is coming off an ACL that requires daily treatment. So, I mean, we're the walking wounded, man. I mean, it's it's not it's um, it's very precarious. You know what our situation is right now. Um, so, not a lot of practice. You know, we're having to watch a lot of film and walk through things. Um, I put a couple of baseline out of bounds plays in for USF and. Uh, lo and behold, we scored on them, and we didn't even go live. They just actually drew them up, and they executed them, and uh, we scored. So we're just going to, you know, it's hit or miss with us. You know, that's why if we can get through tomorrow, um, I can give our guys multiple days off. You know, next week doesn't mean we can start that practice, and we have nobody to practice with. You know, we don't have, we don't have the bodies. But, but you know, that's not unique to me or you know, Tim Jankovic been going through that for years at SMU. You know, limited numbers. Problem with injuries is practice. You you don't have bodies to practice against. You know, it's not like you can grab a manager, grab assistant, throw them in there. Uh, I'd like to think our, our players would dominate those guys pretty good. So I don't know how much they can help us in uh, practice. Um, I've watched our managers play. I would sub in for half of them. So. Right, so it's going to be real high quality. So, but it is what it is, you know. So it is what it is, you know. Um, we're just going to take what we have with what we have, where we're at, and do the best we can with it.
All right, there we go. Head coach Kelvin Sampson talking about the injury status of the team. We don't have enough players really going five on five in practice because everybody's so banged up and spending more time in the training room than on the on the court. They got a game Saturday morning against Wichita State. James Mueller. You know where I'm going with the James. What say you? You want to guarantee a UH victory or not? I'm what? not. Um, I think, like you said, Tyson Etienne, he's really good. He's preseason player of the year. It. I mean, I think UH should win this game, but if Wichita State knocks down shots, um, which they've struggled to do, like you said, but if they do, it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled off the upset just with just what we saw right there, how thin they are. And who knows when you're not practicing, when you got guys banged up, who knows what combinations of uh, lineups Coach Samson's going to have to run out. And so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Wichita State wins, but so I'm not going to guarantee a Houston win. Fair enough. Andy, uh, I'm not sure if you're able to pull up and James, I'm going to come to you if, if Andy can't look it up based on where he is, the, the, the betting line for tomorrow's game. Um, what are your thoughts, Andy? Do you think the Cougs will find a way to win Saturday morning slash afternoon? Yeah, I, uh, I would probably say that Houston has, should be forever going in. And if I had to pick, I'd pick Houston. I'm not ready to guarantee it. I'm not that confident. Uh, but just kind of what you touched on and, and speaking with, um, the reporter that covers the Wichita State for the student newspaper, he's, he's documented how uh, the Shockers have struggled. Really, they've had offensive struggles for much of the season. And, um, it really, what he's told me is that with Wichita State, they've, they've become a lot of a ISO-heavy team at times. They've Obviously, Tyson Etienne arguably could have entered the NBA draft last year and, and probably get selected by an NBA team, chose to come back. It seems like they haven't figured out anything consistently. Now, I will say this. I feel like Wichita State's going to pose the toughest challenge so far for Houston, certainly the past since um, losing both Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark. And like Samson said in that clip, they had Jamal Shad banged up, Kyler Edwards, who said a couple of – I think it was after post game, after the USF game, where, I mean, his ankle injury, he, he played, but he's still not 100%. I think he said that the timetable for him to heal would be four to six weeks, and he said – that he, he wasn't going to waste that time. He wanted to come back and help the team. So, Yeah, real quick, Andy, on that for Will. Uh, Will, Kyle Edwards told us after the win over South Florida, he's basically playing on one one leg. The sprained ankle is, is bad enough that uh, he probably shouldn't be playing on it, but because the team is so shorthanded and undermanned, he's helping out his team. He said he's doing whatever it takes to help his team win, he wants to win that badly. So commended for that, but yeah, he's playing on one leg. So go ahead, Andy, back to you. Yeah, I think that Mike Kelvin said they're one injury away from Ryan Elvin having to play a bulk of minutes. It's going to be real tough on them. I, I feel like it'll be a close game, but uh, to be honest, I, I don't think, I think Josh Carlton and Fabian White will, will certainly for Houston win. I think they'll have to be able to set their own Tone and be the most dominant players, and Carlson coming off the game he had, he's coming off a good note. But I, I think that's where Houston has the advantage, and I think overall, with what Houston's shown, even after losing Sasser and Mark, there's still 
a very high quality defensive team. That's why I give them the edge. But I think this, this is going to be tough, and uh, I feel like it'll go down to, to one of the final possessions. It'll be a close game, in my opinion. But I, I pick Houston edge in my. Everything Andy and James is sound. I agree with it. I'm not confident. I have. I don't. Ha- I don't have a lot of reasons to be confident, but. Somebody got to do it here on Folks Talking Sports. So I'm going to do it. I am going to guarantee the Cougs win a game. I'm not, I'm not talking about spread. So we're not, James, if you, if you found it. Yeah, 12 and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm not touching that again. 12 oh and a half. God. Heck no. If I don't I, see if that happening. If I was in Vegas, I'd take the under. Uh, yeah, I'm not taking the Cougs <laughs> to beat Wichita State by more than 12 and a half. But, yeah, I guarantee that they'll win the game. So there we go with that. Yeah! I am concerned of Tyson Etienne going off. I am concerned that Jamal Shedd, uh, Taze Moore, Kyle Edwards may all get in foul trouble trying to defend Tyson Etienne. <laughs> that is an issue. But some way, somehow, they're going to find a way to win. If it's Josh Carlton getting, going for 20 plus again, Fabian White bouncing, having another 20 point game. Some way, somehow, they're going to find a way to win. I think the, the home crowd will spur them on to get a victory. But, yes, one more time. Guarantee! I guarantee that the U of H men's team will find a way to beat Wichita State Saturday inside Fertitta Center. Will, I want to ask you, Mr. Gibson, about mm-hmm. a former player used to cover. Scoop, Kevin Porter Jr. And his one-game suspension and the reasons for it. I'm going to give you a solo screen here because you have, you. I think you've known folks, known Scoop longer than we have, but that's your thoughts Mm -hmm. on what happened the last few days. Yeah. um, Almost exactly what happened in Cleveland to get him traded. I mean, in the locker room, upset about the situation. Uh, in Cleveland, it was a plate of food that he threw. I'm not sure what he threw in Houston. I hadn't heard that. But Kevin Porter Jr., without question, is a phenomenal talent. Um, I mean, you guys know the story. Um, has dealt with a lot in his, in his life. Um, death of his father. Um, <clears throat> some other things as well. So, as phenomenal and talented as he is as a basketball player, he definitely has has dealt with some things in his life. And I thought, and I still do, that with him going to Houston with with Coach Lucas, that would be a turning point for him. And while I believe it has been, and while I believe it still will be, I think it that indication that it's them Saturdays kind of gave us an indication of of uh more needs to be done and, and he continues to grow, continues to improve. Um I yeah, I, I I truly we talked about this before, Chris, and we talked about it on Saturday or Sunday as well. I, I truly believe whatever it takes for him to not resolve it but to to get to improve. I'm 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 rooting for him. I rooted for him in Cleveland. Um hated to see him leave Cleveland. Um but 
above all else, more than basketball, as a person, I truly hope that he is able to, 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 I mean, it's easy to say he needs to get the help that he needs, but just improve as a person, just whatever, you know, whether it be, um, the, the circle around him, um, whether it be, um, self-reflection, whatever it takes for him. I, I just root for him as a person above all else, way more than I root for him as a basketball player. Well put. And we're about to wrap it up here on uh, this edition of Folks Talking Sports. I kind of threw my guys a curveball with that special guest, Coach Ronald Huey, joining us. Um, but James, your thoughts on what you've read, heard about the Rockets' handling of the Kevin Porter situation? Yeah, I mean, I think Will hit most of the key points there. Um, obviously, Kevin Porter Jr. is a good talent and someone I believe, you know, the Rockets can build around along with Jalen Green. But, you know, handling those off-the-court issues and, you know, personal issues, you know, the, the his, his character, who he is as a person off the court matters more, far more than anything he'll do on the court. So, um, like Will said, um, you know, just hoping that everything he's able to, you know, seek the help he needs, get, um, everything fixed out, be, figured out because, you know, he is a great player and someone who can, uh, really help with this Rockets rebuild. Um, and then in terms of Christian Wood, um, I still, I'm sort of like on the edge. I, if like, I know there's a lot of debate whether, you know, the Rockets should trade him or whatever. Um, but that the outburst he had as well certainly doesn't help. Um, and, um, but we'll see how they move forward. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like, was it last night or two nights ago when, uh, Scoot hit the game winner, uh, three? I forget. Two nights ago. Two nights ago. One night. I mean, that was a nice moment to see just, you know, them rallying around him. Um, but we'll see if these issues persist, um, or, you know, if things in the locker room become even a bigger distraction and, uh, make winning, which has been hard for the Rockets all year, even more hard. And here's a loaded question as, as we wind it down here on FTS. Um, is it fair for the Rockets to quantify any more temper issues, blow-ups from Kevin Porter Jr. Like, Scoot, you got one more chance. Or Scoot, you have two more chances. Should they quantify it? Or it just, it depends on whatever the blow-up is. And then, whatever it is, they may have to let him go. If, if he has another issue. I think it's a case by case. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's a case by case basis. I don't know that you give someone, especially in a situation like this, because you knew what you were trading. You knew the situation when you traded for it. So to say, all right, I want to trade for him, but he has three times, and if that's he does it three times, that's it. Then you should never, you should never trade it for him. To me, so I think you. You know, and I, I don't know the program, what type of support system, what type of uh, mediation, counseling that the 
Rockets have, have set up for him. But I, I don't know that you give anyone an ultimatum, and in this situation especially. James, what do you say? Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Like if you told him, you know, KPJ, you got three times, like Will was saying, I feel like that's more hurtful just because, you know, in the back of his mind, he's like, okay, I can do this outburst. I might have to sit out a game, but nothing's going to happen. I still got, you know, two free passes left or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a case by case. If it becomes too big of an issue, then you're going to have to move on. But once again, we'll hit it right on the head when he said, you know, you knew what you were getting when you traded for. It's not like this is something new that wasn't a problem. It's the reason Cleveland got rid of him. Um, so you knew this was going to be an issue. Um, you hope it doesn't, you know, evolve or anything, but you, you really got to handle it by, on a case by case. And if you feel like, you know, Steven Silas or whoever s- feels like, you know, it's g- just getting out of control, not, not worth the trouble, even though, um, compared to like the talent he'll bring on the court, um, then you're going to have to let him go. Andy, what, what do you say about this? Yeah, I agree with, with the points you made I, with what both Will and James have made. But I'll say I think really what's more telling is kind of uh, the outfall since the incident with the Rockets has certainly seen much so that they've kind of embraced more, or not necessarily embraced, but they, they, they've they kind of given Kevin Porter a second chance. And obviously with how the Wizards games ended up going, he hits that buzzer beater game winner. Um, it seems like he's they. That he has the team support where after he hit the game winner, he's against Steven Silas. You mentioned the relationship that he has with John Lucas. It certainly seems like a strong one. And, and Chris, you probably know more so than us, but so far from the details that have been released, we don't necessarily know exactly what the outburst was or what got him so frustrated because Christian Wood was the same one who, who had, I believe, from what's been reported, he said that he told the coaching staff he didn't want to go back into the second half. So it certainly seems like there's some problem there. But from what's followed through, it seems like the Rockets are still behind at committing Kevin Porter Jr. as of now. Uh, like you guys both mentioned, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another outburst like this where the Rockets cut their losses. And, and ultimately, what... I mean, he's only 21 years old, so he still has a lot of potential. But at the end of the day, what the Rockets gave away to get him here wasn't necessarily much. And it's always been much so of a, uh, and I hate to phrase it this way, but, you know, kind of like a reclamation project for the Rockets. So if they get hit on him, it's perfect. But at the end of the day, if, if it doesn't work, it's not that big of a deal. They end up moving away from him. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Fair enough. I have yet to get all the details, all the dish on what happened Saturday. So I know what was been reported. Uh, I know a colleague contacted me and and what they were told said it was worse than what had been reported. But if that were true, then the one game suspension, was that enough? You know, if if it was so bad, because one game, for both Scoot and Christian Wood, and they're back on the court, and they both played well against the Wizards. Unlike what they're doing Friday night against the Mavs, Dallas dropped 80 on them in the first half. 80, 8-0. The Mavs made 12 threes in the first half. And that's without Luka. Without their coach. Without Luka, their, their coach, and Porzingis. 
Oh, my goodness. 80, they shot yeah. 60% from the floor, 30 for 50, and made 12 threes. And this is a game after the Rockets' defense got better, or was better, against the Wizards. Well, it took a step back today, so or tonight. But, yeah, Rockets trail on Bill Worrell night, 80-60 at halftime. And with that note, we're going to wrap it up. Well, real quick, I'm going to remind everyone who's listening, um, watching on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and if you see the recorded version of this, catching it on iHeartRadio and hopefully Spotify and ultimately Apple Podcasts as well, and then perhaps in the near future on Roku, Folks Talking Sports, the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports right now, sponsored by the Saxinian family and Steve Saxinian. Yes, Andy, you heard me. Potentially on Roku. Yes. So that <laughs> is being amazing. that's being discussed as well. So we'll see how that comes about. I have an option to, to be a part of another a network, but I'm thinking about looking into us doing our own app for Roku and whatever that entails down the line there. But all that to happen, we need sponsors. We need more than the uh Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family to make that happen for sponsors exactly. to come on board. That's what I was gonna say. Viewers, yeah. listeners, however you're listening, you support. There's three well two University of Houston alumni, one current student, we have the Ohio perspectives. And like you said, we've we've brought in guests from all over, whether it be uh I forget where um Offren Shangun's translator was from. Turkey where, where she from Turkey. We have a we have a viewer that's from all the way in New Zealand. We've had, obviously, a whole bunch of different guests affiliated with the University of Houston and, and others. Well, like you said, keep keep growing. Local, global perspective, local name. So, Andy, you got, you got the floor. So, right now, how can folks find you on social media? And real quick, for people tuning in, you got three people on camera and one audio. The technology exists to make this work. Okay. So once again, the technology exists to make this work. And you got the floor. Yeah, for sure. They can follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Uh, they see it there that's scrolling down. Be sure to check out our podcast, uh, Dayon and I, uh, pod slamajama at pay, uh, P-A-W-D Also be sure, like you mentioned, Chris, uh, our U of H coverage with Apollo Sports. Uh, anyone interested in Houston Rockets coverage, Houston Astros coverage, be sure to follow us there as well. And if anyone living in the Paraland Friendswood area, if you want to know what's coming up in your community at Community Impact at Impact News slash Paraland Friendswood. James, how can folks find you and get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186 and then all my work regarding all anything UH athletics is on the dailycougar.com. Mr. Gibson, how about you, sir? On this brisk 15-degree uh, night in Columbus, Ohio, you can find me at WillGibson7 on Twitter and Instagram. And Well, uh, it, is, it is 40 degrees in Houston. It's too cold for us here. Yeah, it's, it's, I will it's, trade you. I will gladly take your forty degrees. It's fifteen now. The low tonight is nine. Yeah, Jeez. that's yeah. I'll, I'll stick with you. Got to take that last February. 
Yeah, that, that, that was enough. That was enough. I'm uh, KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. On Twitter, there I am at VHR Review. We've had a fun show, an info-filled show. Thank you guys, James Mueller, Willie Gibson, and Giannis for joining us on FTS Folks Talking Sports. Big thanks to Coach Ronald Huey, the University of Houston women's basketball coach, for popping in live during this FTS show. I reached out to two other folks, and both of them are at the Rockets and Mavs game, ironically. So they couldn't make it. So, but yes, I just had an inspiration to see if we, we can get somebody live on the show. And I reached out to three folks, and Coach Huey was uh, able to do it. So appreciate that, and may do that going forward in the future. Also, just a reminder, you can catch the recording of this on iHeartRadio. The show will stream the recorded version. Now you're watching this right now, streaming it on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports. And let me see, because we got to do a better job of putting it up here as well. Let me see if I have that saved. Um, our Twitter account there for Folks Talk Sports right here. That's the show. That's our Twitter account. Folks Talk Sports um, was, was running on Twitter at that account as well as on YouTube at Houston Round Bar Review and also Facebook Houston Round Bar Review. But yes, big things have already happened for us in the year 2022. Got more things lined up in the pipeline for folks talking sports. So continue following us. If you haven't signed up, follow us on Twitter. Follow that account right there, Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. Subscribe to the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. More coming in the future. Guys, thank you very much for your time. And uh, hang tight. We'll work on some other details when we're off the air. But thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. And if you, this is the first time you saw the show, come back. Should be another show next week sometime. So tell your friends about Folks Talking Sports, FTS, and we will see you next week. Take care.